0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Pick Swap Podcast. We are deep into September, and the first day of Media Day is upon us in the NBA season. We are dangerously close to basketball, Sixers basketball specifically. It's me and Sean Bernard, as usual. Sean, how are you doing today, brother?
1: I'm doing great. You know, the off season is over. Basketball is coming. We dropped Pick Swap merch today. It's a, a terrific day in the, the world. So, uh, I don't know. I'm happy for things to actually be happening, stuff to talk about, write about and a more concrete sense rather than just pulling stuff out of whatever I can I can make out of so uh, I was happy to at least see everybody in the building see the vibes kind of returning everything everything was pretty positive today I thought everybody came off pretty well the vibes were good so it was cool I'm, I'm happy things are coming back
0: yeah it's a it's a weird full circle moment um with the way that last season started and the the absolute train wreck that was the last preseason uh, with the sixers and, and you know everything that Happened there and Joel even kind of jokingly avoided yeah. those questions today. We're gonna to have a lot to talk about in terms of Joel and Harden and all the things that have followed there. Um, you know, I guess you know, where do you even want to start with this? Because there's you know, they kind of went through player by player, a lot of mm-hmm. Harden, a lot of Embiid stuff. Where do you want to start at the top? You want to start with Doc Rivers, Daryl Morey? Yeah, we'll, we'll start right at the top with Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers. I mean, first
1: off, no questions on the Doc Rivers Twitter <laughs> gate. Uh, slightly disappointed by that, but uh, no surprises there. Uh, it was definitely a pretty formal, I would say, like, they they seemed a little bit more uptight and focused this year than I think that they were in years past. I think that, like, Maury and Rivers, like, specifically, I mean this more so for Maury and Rivers than the players in general, but it felt like there was a little bit more, like, seriousness of them taking on, which is a positive thing. Uh, Maury obviously shot down the uh, tampering investigation stuff, which I think was an important part. There was a pretty general consensus across the entire team. Like, even when uh, Montrez Harrell was asked about, like, James Harden texting him if he had contact with this offseason, yeah. and he's like, no, like, oh, that sounds like tampering to me. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you with know, PJ Tucker kind of said, like, it yeah. definitely was a, a, a team-wide kind of focus on making sure because that investigation is obviously still ongoing. And uh, I thought it was some good things from both. I thought it was cool to see Maury kind of open up on a little bit on his decision-making. Cool that he talked about, like, having the entire – his team of people around him involved, which I think is not always the case with a lot of GMs. And I don't know. I, I thought it was pretty stick to the script today, but it was good to hear from him and, and hear him elaborate a little bit.
0: Yeah, you know, they do definitely have uh, the playbook for first day media day. Uh, and I'm sure that they stuck pretty closely to it. So, you know, they're keeping their cards close to their chest as they should. But I think, you know, in a situation like this, they had a lot to like openly talk on in a way that I think was very positive. I know they mentioned talking about bringing all the Houston guys back. And he was like, me and Doc have been in this league for a long time. Like, obviously, you're going to end up working with guys uh, that you previously had worked with. I don't know if that's necessarily the truth. Maybe some of that kind of bleeds in, but I'm sure Jerome Morey had a, you know, there's a reason the guys that are here are here. So, uh, but it was, you know, nice to hear them talk. Obviously, Doc kind of avoided some of the things. But I think the most important thing that he mentioned today was like, This is the most talented team top to bottom that he's had here, Um, definitely here. So, um, you know, obviously he seems excited and uh, a little bit more, like a little bit more, like a little bit more upbeat from Doc. Maybe it's the early part of the season and he's not uh, pissed off at anyone yet, but uh, it felt like he was a little bit more uh, spry today, I think is a good way to put it.
1: Yeah, he kind of talked about when uh, he went on one of the podcasts this summer and talked about he had back surgery this summer and how his, like, schedule was a little different. Like, instead of him, like, taking time off to start the summer uh, because he was, like, up underneath back surgery and kind of, like, stuck with that, he did a lot of his, like, prep work early on this year, he said. Like, a lot of his game planning, a lot of his things. So maybe he's got a little rejuvenated uh, energy from, like, taking, like, the second half of the summer to have his relax and golf and do whatever Dr. Rivers does on a casual Sunday. So, uh, who knows? Maybe that's a a good thing. I do think the talented – it it being the most talented was a noteworthy quote. And I even felt that, like, watching the interviews. Like, it felt like in years past, like – you get to like the section of the roster where it's like the 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 Charles Bassies, the Jaden Springer, the, the guys that like you like but don't necessarily like expect to to play a role. It felt like way less of this that this year when you just go down in the it's Montrezl Harrell to Daniel House to just all these guys. D'Anthony Mountain, we'll we'll get to all these real quick, but uh like I it just felt like like this team is focused. This team is here, and I, I think that like now that we're three years in, Doc Rivers also talked about how it's like the most normal season they're actually gonna have it feels like like the pieces are finally in place and there's like a a set culture kind of
0: established now yeah definitely I mean you know as much as we do give Doc Rivers grief and you know not that he's off the hook by any means um but it's true like think about their first year here um you know riddled with weird things that are happening COVID everything that you know went through these last two seasons and obviously last year with the Simmons drama and not having him and maybe having him and kicking him out and doing all the things that happened. Like this is the first time where it feels like they have what they need. It's in-house. They don't have to go anywhere looking for anything and they can control what they can control. And the guys that are there are ready to go. And it seemed like, again, obviously we're going to talk basically guy by guy or group by group uh, maybe, but it seems like everyone kind of has the same focus. And I know that they're going to go down to Charleston, South Carolina at some point soon to do their training camp. I think that's a really good thing. Um, but there's like a lot of just the way that they talked about Harden and the way they talked about some of these other guys, like having to kick Maxie and Paul Reed out of the gym a handful of times, like mm-hmm. all those type of things, I think lead to a really positive culture. Um, and you know, I'm super excited that like, you know, doc doesn't really get excited like that, you know, and he doesn't really ever seem like he's excitable or enjoying what he's doing as weird as that sounds. But it seems like he's in a position where, you know, maybe he feels a new, a new energy, um And that, you know, type of drive for him, obviously, it's day one media day. be pretty bad if he wasn't excited. But, you yeah. know, that drive, if that continues, if that type of energy continues, I think that's a really good sign for him as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. And let's we'll move on to a couple of the players. Like, I guess we'll start right at the top with Joel Embiid and James Harden. First of all, I think it's awesome that they have those two paired up together doing it. And I do think, like, they naturally had, like, more of a, a free-flowing just – like playing yeah. off each other more than we ever saw yeah. with the Joel and beat Ben Summers relationship, which I think is cool. Harden it's interesting, like he has so much of like that star factor to him. Like even with MB, Embiid, like MB's obviously a legitimate NBA superstar, but Harden just like has that like allure to where like yeah he kind of twists things. He's got that vibe around him. That that impresses me. I noticed it when he was at the Eagles game, just the way people like interact with him, look at him, just what a like legitimate superstar yeah. he is. But I thought we saw Harden open up a little bit today, be a little more natural. Uh he he joked that he lost a hundred pounds, which uh that was cool too. Said a hundred pounds, tweet that out uh so i i I felt like he felt more like himself he also opened up talked about how he was in like kind of a dark place when he struggled when he wasn't able to do what he's traditionally used to doing on the court and how hard that is for him which i think was an important point to bring up too and cool that he was open about it he also spoke and said like his goals are purely to win as many championships as he can and said he's looking at everything on a year-by-year basis which i think is important considering like the looming investigation and how there's they're looking at the back-end back, at back end deal and all that. So I think that was probably scripted, too, and instructed to say that. And I think it was a good reply. But overall, I was uh, encouraged by everything I heard from Harden. And I, I do buy
0: into a lot of the offseason. I bought. I'm. I don't even want to say I bought into a little bit of it. I'm fully bought in. Um, he looks the part right now, man. He looks thin and strong yeah. um, and just, like, lean. Very much like an old version of himself. We haven't seen, I think, this in shape. like this toned like i'm not i don't want to end up going on here just talking about james harden's body this entire time but seriously like he looks like he's in a really good spot the way he was communicating interacting obviously like losing 100 pounds hilarious uh one of my friends even texted me today was like is that real and i was like no yeah he was 100 pounds he'd be like 100 maybe 110 (laughs) pounds if he lost 100 pounds he's not that big Um, yeah But, like, just funny stuff from him, him and Joel joking back and forth and, um, you know, just hearing what they have to say. And, you know, they're just both so focused, I think. Um, Obviously, they're joking and and having a laugh here and there. But I think they both seem very focused on what they need to do this season on both sides of the ball. And, obviously, we'll talk about that with Joel. Um, But with with Harden, man, I can't wait to see him play basketball again. I feel like we're going to get a really different version of what we saw from him last year.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and Joel joking, saying how he just sat on his couch all summer and didn't do anything. And there's definitely some truth to that, just because he was recovering from his surgeries and had both hands tied up for it. But I've also heard the reports of him already working out with Drew Hanlon. I know Drew Hanlon's been to the Sixers facility, which Joel's his guy if he's there, I would assume, unless he's working with somebody else in the team, which I, I do hope is the case, because I love Drew Hanlon and support the yeah. work. So. But as far as I know, Joel's the only Sixer that he he works with on a regular basis. And so of him being at the facility as recently as uh, two weeks ago, within the last yeah. two weeks, I definitely saw him there. So uh, I, I don't believe Joel was just sitting on the couch all summer. I'm confident that he's added things to his game as he does every year. He also, kind of what you mentioned here, talked a lot about like the defensive side of the ball. And a cool question when he was asked about his goals of MVP, he replied, quote, whatever happens, happens. That's something I'm not worried about at all. All I'm worried about is having the best team in the league my focus this year is I really want us to be the best defensive team in the league, which I think that's a very cool mindset. He's spoken openly about wanting to be defensive player of the year uh, in the past. I think there's a chance he finds himself in the running
0: for that this year. I put a bet down today at lunch, Joel be defensive player of the year. Wow, um, so I'm already there. It's plus 2100. So go grab that while you can um, because start this year. I, I feel like locked in Joel, um, I feel like half-assed Joel is, one of the best defensive bigs in the league uh, yeah. fully bought in and like working his ass off defensively. Joel Embiid is miles ahead of many other guys. Uh, obviously Rudy Gobert is uh, the guy that protects the rim as well, but Rudy Gobert cannot go to the perimeter and hang yeah. out there uh, the way that Joel can. So um, I don't know, man. I, I think when you look at this, this team, obviously the starting five good defensive prowess uh, if James Harden is locked in defensively and we can get a better version of him defensively, that'll help a lot. But then depth wise, every, basically everyone they're bringing off the bench is a solid defender minus George Niang, Furkan, whatever. Like everyone else seems to be like a very good defender. Montrose Harrell, I guess you can say is not, not either, but, uh, they have a lot of good defensive players and a lot of guys that their best attribute is defense. When you're talking about Melton, uh, Thibel, PJ Tucker, So like there's a lot – and Tobias Harris is going to be a good defender as well, so I think that's not out of the realm of possibility for them to be the best defensive team in the league. And like we've seen in years past, like Boston, fantastic uh, defensive team this past year. It's what got them to where they are. Uh, Golden State, always a great defensive team. Just going down the line and looking at the teams that have been successful, Milwaukee, Giannis, defensive player of the year. like Those type of teams, regardless, go far in the playoffs because you have something to hang your hat on night in and night out. And I think if that's something that they're focused on, they're able to commit to, they'll end up being a really good team because it's something that they can control.
1: Yeah, definitely. And to your point about Embiid, like he obviously is relied on so heavily on both sides of the court. He was second in the NBA in usage rate last year, only behind Luka Doncic. If there's like a little bit taken off his plate on an offensive aspect, that will allow him to just be himself defensively. Like we've seen just the plays that he kind of takes off in like the, the first and second quarter. and. Kind of yeah. sleepwalking through that, and and that I really like compliment him on it. To be honest, to find a way to like make sure that you have your legs for a full forty eight minutes, because just how much he's relied on on both sides of the floor. So I think like with the, all the talent that we've added and Maxi, we we expect another leap this year. James Harden, him getting back, is going to be able to do more offensively. Like that opens the door for Embiid to just be able to be a force defensively. And and if that's what his priorities are, which is what he's publicly saying right now. I think that really has a chance to be special and like I could see that being the case. So I'm excited by that. I also love the mindset that he kind of has of like being over the individual awards a little bit and who knows how much is true versus public. He definitely has gotten the short end of the stick these past two years, especially last year. So I do feel bad for him. And I I think it's a, a better mindset to not be worried about them considering like he's answered all the questions that they've asked him, done everything that he's been challenged to do and still hasn't come away with anything. So it's really a bummer that he's, all NBA second team is two years in a row is all you got to share for those past few seasons.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we know we we've had this discussion uh, many, many times and, you know, obviously we think Joel deserved a trophy, at least one. So, you know, I'm sure it pisses him off maybe a little bit more than he lets on. Um, But if he wants to go for the defensive player of the year, I think it's his take, you know, I think it's one of those things where that's where he's going to hang his hat. Like you said, um, if and he even mentioned it a little bit as well. Like he said, you know how much his team has relied on me offensively. Like, if I can go out and kind of split that a little bit more evenly from on both sides of the ball, rather than only giving that 100% or, you know, there's definitely time. I mean, he makes incredible, like, unbelievable defensive plays. You look back yeah. at last year, think about, you know, obviously the the DeMar DeRozan block, but I think even more of the Darius Baisley block uh, mm-hmm. that he had early last year. Like, who does that? Who makes that play? Not many. Not many people. Not many people of his stature chase down blocks. All the things that he does, incredible, and I think it goes very underrated. Like I actually had an argument today with a coworker. Like, it's like he's not that good of a defender. I was like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. We gotta rewind because uh, yeah. that's just wrong. That's not even an opinion. That's just bad. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, let me just pull up the stats here, man. Let me. Just, I was like, second team all defense three years, three different times. Like, yeah, no, Joel Embiid's there. I think he has a chance to do that. Obviously you know, he can do whatever he wants. So I think if he puts his mind to a DPOI, I think it's his to take.
1: Yeah, definitely. And he also gave props to Harden when talking about the addition, saying how none of this would be possible without him, which I thought was cool. And uh to swing it to another defensive, all defensive second team member, we got Matisse Thival in the building. Uh, very cool. I did not realize him and D'Anthony Melton had any kind of tie, So it was yeah. cool to see them joking with each other. Uh, Fiebel had his uh, media moment first and joked that, like, when you talk to to D'Anthony Melton, he's going to be saying how I, I took the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year award uh, away from him and stole that, but I think I earned it. And then Melton hopped on and was asked that question. Matisse popped on frame, and was they just kind of going back and forth. <laughs> so cool to, like, see some sort of relationship there already. Uh, they both kind of – very openly talked about like being excited about playing with each other, talked about like their wingspans, their, everything that they do, their activity. Uh, I wrote an article this week. They uh, ranked one and two in the NBA in steal percentage last year, which there's, there's some cool stuff that can be done there. And Matisse really was one of the darlings of today with people just talking about his work ethic. Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey acknowledged it several times about how often he was in the gym. So uh, a good day for Matisse Stock. Yeah, great day for Matisse
0: Stock. And uh, you know, man, I, I was thinking about it a lot the last couple of days because the Philly Inquirer article, I think it was Pompey, uh yeah. came out and it was talking about how he was just in the lab all summer uh, and spent a lot of time working on a bunch of different things. Obviously, Doc and, and Maury both um, alluded to that today as well. I don't know, man. I, I I'm I'm okay, more than okay. I'm very happy if he's back and he's part of this rotation. I think, again, when you're talking about what this team – needs and is able to do and and the way that he could be used and um having the time to to work alongside james harden um and find a way to be productive in that way while also you know obviously taking the time you and i have mentioned this year after year of just getting the gym and shoot a million times yeah Uh, and it's kind of what he said he did like he was like yeah i was just shooting all the time doing that every single day ball handling in the open court Um, And then just like learning how to be a a more productive offensive piece. And I think if he's able to do that even a little bit, and I know we've said it before, but this is the first time we're really hearing of him just like being locked in for a summer. Um, So I think it's, I think it's great for him. I think it, you know, him being a good player and a productive player on this team changes a lot uh, for what this team is able to do. And like, I know that they're talked about, you know, that they're not going to discuss the contract situation with him um, publicly, which is fine with me. Yeah. uh whatever they got to do they got to do which is fine so i think it's good for now I, i'm i'm very excited for matisse and obviously d'anthony mountain as well so having two guys that do something so well thinking about and you know we kind of look back at the the zone the sixers were able to play a bit last year that was like almost quarterbacked by matisse because of how well he knows how to do it don't mm-hmm. him and d'anthony mountain at the top of a zone with joel Embiid as an anchor Ooh man yeah. Oh man, that's a yeah. nightmare for teams, and I think it gives them like we talked about this all the time versatility both on both ends of the floor. I think that could be huge for them. So I'm I'm super excited for for both of them.
1: Yeah, definitely. And to take a little bit of first off, like in that article by Pompeii, he also he mentioned that Matisse worked on his ball handling and finishing around the rim with Demar Derozan, and he also uh, worked with Dame Lillard and Phil Beckton, who's a, a NBA yeah. shooting coach, uh, on his shooting. And one of the things Matisse talked about is. They're trying to just cut out unnecessary motion in it. They did some form work. They broke it down, uh, and that's all terrific to hear. That's, like, Great. exactly what you would want to hear. And, uh, like, in reality, this is a fairly make-or-break season for Matisse Theibel, like, 6 years aspect of a aside. Like, we're talking about he's now 25 years old. This is his fourth season in the NBA. If he has a very good year this season, takes a step forward, he can really be looked at. He will be looked at around the NBA as a guy that, like, is a starting caliber player who fits like the what you need if he does not and if he takes somewhat of a stride back or does not like continue progressing like there's he's probably written off as like a bench guy change up like reverse six-man role for the rest of his career so there needs to be that those signs of progress i i i never agree with the aspect of and matisse talked about today Keith Pompey has talked about it both doc and daryl talked about how he hasn't had the chance like in past off seasons to work which to me is just nonsense like When he he was at the Olympics, I get it. Like, he had to do that. You're still playing basketball. You still have time to work on your stuff if you want to work on it. And same with COVID. Like, I get it. The world was shut down for sure. But it's like, all you need is a hoop and a basketball. Like, to me, like, I I think they give too much leniency with that. But at the same time, he did have a full offseason this year. And it sounds like he took advantage of it. So, strides forward would be
0: huge. Yeah. And, I mean, to know that he took the opportunity this year. And, you know, I think we've talked about it in in the past where it's like he almost seems a – He's almost too cute, right? Like, he's yeah. almost too friendly. Um, and it seems like he just, like, he's almost just riding the wave that is the NBA, where it's like, you got to take this shit seriously. And it seems like he kind of put his foot in the ground and, and decided to to make this offseason a really important one. And, you know, if he comes back even slightly improved on the offensive end and even slightly more improved as a shooter and a floor spacer, the defense that he brings is so much more, uh, you know, it's it's easier to implement that. Uh, and it's better for him to be in the lineup because he's not a liability on one end. Uh, Mm -hmm. so I think it's, you know, I'm excited for him again. Like I think him being good would change, would add to this team even more than what they already have. I think they're okay with him being in or out of the rotation, but him being a guy that, that pushes for minutes and can play in that seventh or eighth man role. I think that changes a lot and it makes them a lot better.
1: Yeah, definitely. And another guy that
0: I was absolutely
1: thrilled to hear what he said about his role today was Tobias Harris. Uh, mm. Could not could not have asked for more from what he said. He talked about how his focus is making quicker decisions, shooting three-pointers. And Doc Rivers acknowledged at the beginning how he had talks with Tobias like throughout the season last year and how it started to click toward the tail end of the year, which th- it was evidence of that in his play. We saw the three-point rate come up. We saw the percentage come up. And that's what Tobias is saying. All that he worked on is making quick decisions. He talked about like uh, he has no concerns playing next to PJ Tucker because it's pretty much the same role. He compared it to playing next to Danilo Gallinari in his time under Doc with the Clippers, and there's some parallels there too. Kind of obviously different caliber of players and stylistically, but somewhat similar roles in terms of a three point shooter, stretch four, that kind of thing. So I-, I see value in that. And the the quote that really stood out to me is he was just talking about like the importance of taking three pointers, and he just said like quote. I think it opens everything up for everyone. Yeah. And I'm like, you nailed it. That's what we're looking for. And mm-hmm. I cannot be happier with Tobias.
0: Yeah, man. I, I love Tobias. Um, I think and I think this is all um, like going through Matisse and not going through Tobias are guys that a lot of people have looked at as being like, they got to go. They got go to go for this team to win a championship. Like They can't be on this team. Uh, I think those guys playing a certain role and being a certain way is what they've needed and settling into a role. And I think that's kind of what they're looking at right now. Tobias is going to be a really good player for this team. I Mm -hmm. I don't really care what anybody says at this point. Um, Having the mindset that he does being the type of guy that he is leadership wise doc talked about it constantly. Uh, Just a great leader last year into the the year before, like all the turnover that this team has had over the last three seasons. The weirdest thing is that Tobias has been the constant, like it's been him and Joel really uh, as the constants within, within this lineup. Um, Obviously you have Furkan and Matisse, but like when you're talking about starters, like these are the guys Um, he's, you know, adaptable and versatile. And, you know, if he's going to let it fly, like he said, he's a good shooter. And he's going to find a way to, to be productive in that sense. Defensively, if he can lock in on that end as well, you're looking at a really good team. So like I said, I think Tobias is going to be great. Um, you know, he's not going to be putting up 20, but he doesn't need to. If he's giving you like, he realizes if you giving you a 14, you're happy. Like, and that's not a lot to ask. And if he's doing that efficiently, like we know he can, I think you're going to be really happy. And, you know, if anyone's concerned about him, I think, Today was a really good sign for what he's going to bring to the team this season.
1: Yeah, and it's a, a testament to Tobias that he's still here because the Sixers needed him too badly to move on from him. Like when we look at these like bad contracts around the NBA, the Russell Westbrooks, the the Buddy Heels, even like all their contracts, teams are actively trying to get off and like willing to attach things to make it movable. That's never been the case with Tobias. It's been like we need something better than you if we're going to move on. And like the fact of the matter is there isn't that many like. I get he may not be what some people hoped he would be. He's not a number two star, but we've never seen a player like a player's role change as much as Tobias has throughout his tenure here. It really is crazy. There's been times where he's been the the number two option on this team. There's been times where he's a get touches regularly in the offense, a guy where he's simply a catch and shoot three and D guy, which is essentially going to be his role this year. So I think the, Tobias deserves a ton of credit for riding that wave, sticking it out, and continuing to to
0: prove value to this team. Absolutely. Fully agree. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Tobias, you know, obviously as a person um, he's been incredible here and is just like constantly doing incredible things within the community and being an ambassador uh, for the team and the brand. So like, I don't know, I don't don't know that there's enough good things to say about what Tobias is. I think he's had enough. Um, I think the city and the fans have done enough of like ragging on him where it's time to like kind of sort of recognize what he has done. Um, and I think this year is going to be really good for him, um, you know, for him. And if he's good, then we're good. So, like, I think that's a really good way to look at it.
1: Yeah. And to move on to the other forward and uh, one of the the major talking points of today is PJ Tucker. Uh, first off, the the day starts with a, a press release that he got orthoscopic knee surgery this offseason. Uh, something that nobody knew it happened six weeks ago. He's already cleared, already back on the court, but just a little minor touch. They said the procedure took 10 minutes. Uh, Tucker had no concern for it. And Maury had no concern for it. He's already back on the court. Ah, uh, he did make a joke about that. He said him and James were looking to join the Sixers two years ago, which I was pretty cool, and I guess sucks a little bit looking now. But now they're here. So, what were your thoughts on PJ Tucker and everything he said today?
0: Yeah, man, I love him. Uh, he's going to be a fan favorite here. I, th- I mean, the stuff we already knew, we already kind of knew. Um, but yeah, we love him. Uh, I think he's going to be fantastic here. The sneakers are great, and and going to be a constant talking point uh, this season. Um, and yeah, I mean. Could he have been here a year or two ago? Would that have been very nice? Yes. Um, James Harden being able to be here a couple of years ago would have been nice as well. But it's the way the cookie crumbles. So not going to take that too seriously because uh, they're here now. Like you said, and I think I just think he's going to be such a fantastic addition. And a lot of guys talked about him today as like a really important guy on this team. So I think you know he, he, what you see is what you get with PJ Tucker, and what you see is really good player and a really good guy.
1: Yeah, he's going to be the most important four-point-per-game scorer that we've seen maybe ever. Just, like, I don't expect uh, statistical production in a major way. Even I was pouring through his stats today. It's like he played 29 minutes per game in the playoffs last year and averaged, like, five-point-something points. And I was like – and I still, like, look back at this series think like, he was the second-most important player on this team. Like, I will live on that take of – that's what the eye test told me. And he is one of those guys. I also thought it was very cool – he talked a lot about toughness. That was another theme of today because obviously this is how they entered the off season was talking about needing that. And they asked PJ like to describe it and quantify it and talk about it. And he was like, he, he said like, you really can't. And then he's like, like there's the guys that jump up and yell in your face and that they're not really tough. And he's like, to me, toughness is like showing up every night, being healthy, uh, not backing down and just like gave a nice answer. And then he talked about how mental toughness is more important than anything. So I thought it was very cool how he put that and like the mindset and the experience and just, he seems like a great like locker room addition.
0: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Um, I think it's attitude. Like his toughness is an attitude. Um, And I think a lot, I think, again, I think there's a lot of guys that'll buy into that this year. And a lot of guys that are, are able to do that just haven't been, like had a leader like PJ Tucker. Um, And again, it's vocal leadership. Like he's able to do. But it's it's you know active it's him being an active leader, uh, him leading by example in the way that he is going to go out every night and compete and fight. And you know when it, push does come to shove, he is going to have everyone's back, and he'll be the first one in, into a scuffle when it needs to happen. Uh, but that's a really important role to have on a team, and it's something the Sixers have been like really strongly missing over the last few years. Like obviously, I know we talked about Mike Scott and, and things that he did, and shake Milton talked about Mike Scott a bit recently, like last week, um, which is great and awesome. And we liked him while he was here, but he sucked. So like (laughs) PJ Tucker is good and good at what he does and is really productive part of a team and a guy that's like damn near 40 years old and is still getting $10 million a year to start on a basketball team. Yeah. So like there, and you know, he could score eight points per game and we would all be ecstatic. Uh, And I think that just points to what he is really good at and what, you know, why people like him and why NBA teams are still willing to give him that money. There's a lot of reasons for it. And that's just one of them. So super excited about PJ.
1: Yeah, definitely. Welcome to Philadelphia, PJ. Uh, excited to see it. Uh, the next guy I want to shift gears to is of course, Tyrese Maxey. I mean, the guy just continues to like, you just see like the, the personality, the confidence just growing. in yeah. him like, he even when he was up there next to B Ball Paul, they asked B Ball Paul about the vertical and Maxie jumps right in. They're like, How much was the vertical? And maxie like two inches, jump just jumped. <laughs> so funny there. But uh the quote that really got it for me today with Maxie was they asked him just about like the rise to becoming a Philadelphia fan favorite, reflected on some of the moments. And the quote here says, I think it's the work ethic. Everybody everybody here that goes to games or I see around the town, they worked extremely hard for what they have. And then he do, followed that up with like saying how he came from the same mindset, took it through how when he was in eighth grade, he wrote all his goals down on a piece of paper, how it was go to Kentucky, go to the NBA, do all these things. And that he's followed that. And he's like, I didn't come from anything. Like, I don't take it for granted where I am. And just like what a delightful human being and he is. And I, it was very cool to see him just open up. And and he really does just get Philly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's the man. He really yeah. is the man. Uh, I really haven't seen, I don't think I've seen a guy take over the city, like the way that Tyrese has, uh, so quickly, uh, people love him here and for, and for, you know, all the right reasons and, and for all the best reasons you could possibly think of, but not only is he fantastic on the court, fantastic off the court, just a really, like you said, just a very good person and easy person to be around. It seems great teammate. And I think the biggest thing you're seeing right now is a confidence, like all through last season, we really saw that build. And, you know, just personality wise growing, but like that type of confidence and, and kind of controlling a room the way he did during the press conferences and the way that he was interacting with like the stars, the, the number one and two players on this team. Like he's right there and he knows that. Uh, so to see him carry himself that way, I think it is going to translate to the court in a way that we you know started to see at the end of the last year taking over games. And, you know, even when those guys are on the court, because we talked a lot about how when Joel Embiid was on the court he would kind of be timid or pass the ball up and do all this stuff. Like he's grown past that leaps and bounds. Um, So I can't imagine like it's only year three, man. Like I I keep kind of forgetting that it feels like he's been on this team forever. It feels like he's been Philly forever. Um, And it's just year three. He's still a young, young kid, a lot to, lot to grow into and I really can't wait to see what Tyrese does this year.
1: Yeah. And, and I absolutely buy the, his body change, like him growing into himself he looks stronger. He does. Yeah. I noticed at the Rump when we were there, like, yeah, he, he's put on some muscle. He's, he's becoming a grown man, which is, yeah. is awesome. So yeah, uh, that was great, right, Tyrese. Uh, other than that, fairly quiet press conference from him. That was the only moment that super stuck out to me. I do want to talk about Furkan Korkmaz, talking about how he had nerve damage in his hands following last year's All-Star break. And from a guy who shot under 24% from three, I'm actually like happy to hear that. yeah, uh, I do feel bad for Ferk. there were a couple jokes about the uh, him improving his toughness start coming from mori first. Uh, but I don't know. that was something that's been completely private that nobody's reported or mentioned and I guess Furcon's been uh, quiet about it, but yeah, he said he went through two months of rehab this off season to fix it and yeah, hopefully he's back.
0: he's back. no, <laughs> yeah. hopefully he's back. I, I believe it. I you know. As much as like, I'm really not expecting too much from Furcon this year. As much as I do like him and would like him to be a contributor to this team, uh, I really don't expect him to do too much. But you know, I, I root for Furcon very, you know, heavily. I think Furkan's a great dude from what you know everything we've seen, and just a you know, a good teammate and a good guy to be around. And if he is a shooter, right, like he's a guy that has from the beginning been known as a bomber, a guy that just shoots the ball. So yeah. to see him shoot like twenty three and a half percent from three for a season, like, obviously, like, you know, there's a really could be something wrong. Like there really could have been something wrong with him. And if it's your hands and your fingertips and the way you're shooting the ball, like it makes sense, right? Something did just seem off throughout the whole season. Not only did he like change roles six different times, he also was going through an injury. So like maybe coming in here, defined role, you know, just a limited, you know, almost limiting his options is better. Uh, cause you know, Furkan is known to do too much. So, you know, keeping those, those touches at, at bay, uh, and, you know, keeping him in order will be good for him. And I think, you know, if he comes out and is playing well, like again, another important aspect to a team is floor spacing and, you know, creating offense in that way. And I think he's able to do that if he's, if he's healthy, like we saw a, a career Furkan year to like the career worst Furkan year. So I'm not surprised to hear there was something actually wrong.
1: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm encouraged by it. Uh, I'm. I hate that it happened. I hate to hear that, but uh, glad he's improved, gotten better. And that's definitely something like that's not an excuse. That's a fair like correlation to him not playing well if there's nerve issues in his hands. So uh, happy to hear that it's better. There's two more guys I want to talk about. Uh, number one's Montrez Harrell. Uh first off, very cool that he got a call from Allen Iverson shortly after signing yeah. out with the Sixers. Talked a lot about like the shoes and stuff like that. Uh shout out Sixers Sneakers, gonna have his hands full with uh yeah. Harold and PJ Tucker this year. So uh yeah, crazy there, but uh very cool to see him get a call there. He also mentioned like that he was asked about like the little tussle with him and Embiid last year, and he went he said that they haven't acknowledged it, but like he's he went on to say how. Like, that's what I want in a teammate is somebody that's not going to back down. Like, that made me want to play with him more after, which I thought was cool. And overall, handled himself well, and I was happy with what I saw from Montrez.
0: I like him a lot, man. I really do. Um, I think he's going to be, like, very good here. Um, again, another guy, I think he's going to be a fan favorite for that reason, that he'll help fight somebody. Um, and he'll get kicked out of a game, and we'll all love it. And, you know, like, these things happen, right? These are all professionals. Embiid is a guy to get, you know, we, this is part of the reason we love Embiid. And it's part of the reason we love P.J. Tucker. And, you know, it's part of the reason we're going to love Montrez Harrell as well. Like, that's part of the game. Um, you know, major part of the offseason was to get guys that are willing to do that. He's more than willing. Uh, and on top of that, he's going to be a fantastic offensive piece for this team. So, like, really liked him, really liked what I saw today. I think he seems like a very, like, also another good guy to be around. And seems like a good locker room guy as well. So, I don't know, yeah. can't complain about Montrez at all. I'm very excited for him also. And a guy that just loves basketball, which to
1: me, I, I love seeing. Like he, he yeah. talked about how he took a week off after the season and then just dove into like ten different leagues that he played in the Drew League. He talked, he just went through like a list of like live events, EBL circuit, all, all this stuff that he just like does and like basically doesn't stop playing basketball. Anymore and he wanted like saying like this is my career, this is my job, I take it seriously. Like I'm blessed to be able to do this, and like I'm working to get better at my craft every day. Which I, I, I just love that mindset. Yeah. You can't ask for much more. So. I, I i'm i've always been a montrez harrell guy i remember him back at louisville liking him then he's turned out to be an even better player than i i hoped coming out of the draft and personality wise i'm starting to really genuinely like this guy so i'm i'm very excited to see him be a part of this Sixers team yeah me too i it, it's coming together that way i
0: think he was a good final piece
1: yeah and uh the last guy that i wanted to bring up is uh daniel house uh Nothing too noteworthy from House. The thing that I did think was the coolest was the the quotes about Harden. I'm pulling them up right now. Uh, when asked about, like, his relationship with James Harden, first of all, he had all the right team answers. They were asking what his goal. He was just saying, like, whatever yeah. the team needs me to do, whatever with that. Uh, actually, I do want to talk about B-Ball Paul right after this, so one more. But okay. uh, anyway. The Daniel House, like, talking about it, he talked about how he had a relationship with Harden's family, how, like, he's known this, that they didn't talk beforehand because they made it clear no tampering went down, which, once again, respect for the Sixers for having their bases covered. Uh, And then the exact quote I'm looking at is Daniel House on James Harden, quote, he's a selfless guy on and off the court. He does a lot of great deeds that aren't talked about. And he doesn't want credit for him because he's all done from the heart. He's a good dude, a real good dude. And he said that he didn't play a role in coming to Philly, but that he's super thrilled to be playing with him again. Uh, another just like seemingly like great
0: fit as far as the team guy will fit in, does his role. Love it. Yeah, just he was one of those things that love it. I think Daniel House is gonna be good. Like he's just a guy, like we talked about it when we when we first signed him. Um, just gonna be good. He's just gonna be a guy that does his job. Um, and I think that was highlighted today in what he said and I was just talking about Harden as well. Like there's a lot of really like, I don't want to say heinous, but like pretty wretched things said about James Harden and the way that he's carried himself throughout the years. And like, it's seemingly the more you you hear from guys that he's played with um, that are just like very wrong about James Harden, like just really like false, just straight to the point, false period. Like he seems like a great dude. You talk about Nick Claxton and, Bruce Brown and the guys that have loved him with the Nets. You go back to Daniel House, PJ Tucker, all these guys that are now coming back and playing with him and uh, Montrose Harrell as well. And Joel Embiid saying, this doesn't happen without James. Like that is a huge deal and a really important thing and something that I think is going underrated about him. Culture-wise, being a great teammate is in his blood and he's done a really great job here. I've seen nothing, seen and heard nothing but fantastic things about James Harden. So I will never say a bad word about James Harden. In that sense, like ever, and Daniel House is a you know a testament to that. um And you know, as much as I love hearing, oh, I'll do whatever the team needs and all that stuff, and I'm sure it's true. But like, he was out of the league for half the season last year. Like, I don't know if he has much of a choice. Yeah, but sure. he's got he's got to do whatever the team needs him to do to to you know keep a job. So, uh you know, funny way to look at it. But I'm you know I think he's gonna be good here as well. I'm I'm excited for the, you know everyone here.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, just a fine guy to have at the bottom of your roster. Like, yeah, uh, very very it. good a better use of like a final, like 13 through 15 slot than we've had in the past. So I'm happy Definitely. with that. Uh, and B-Ball Paul, just to circle back to him a little, uh the thing that made the biggest impact on me is first off, he said he added eight inches to his vertical, which didn't quite reach what he was targeting, but that's still, that's, <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. In yeah. And uh uh when he was asked about the Montrez signing and his thought process when that, he responded and said, quote, my mentality stays the same. I'm still the same dude that's going to go out there and play extremely hard and keep working out what I need to get better at. That's exactly yeah. what you and hear again. And I get like some of this is like the media polish. Like they're not going to be saying that they're pretty prepared for what they're going to say here. But mm-hmm. I've, I heard all the right things from everybody today. And
0: I'm I'm happy to have see
1: B-Ball Paul have a positive outlook on things. And I do buy it from him.
0: Yeah, me too. I think he's that type of guy, really. And I think, again, I think that this, Tobias did touch on it a little bit. Um, training camp is going to be important i think that the camaraderie but also like the rivalry and the war that'll happen within the you know within closed doors and during practices and during training camp is so important um and it's something we touched on a few weeks ago when they were kind of putting this team together the final touches and everything is that it's going to be a brutal training camp but it's going to be the best thing for them they'll come out better for it and b-ball paul is one of those guys that is going to be facing like You think about it, he's going to be playing the mixture of a four and five. So when you look at those players, it's now you're talking Harrison Tucker. You're talking Niang. You're talking Montrezl Harrell. You're talking, obviously, now Joel Embiid, Charles Bassey. Like, he's iron sharpens irons at at this point. And, you know, what he's looking at is an incredibly competitive next few weeks leading up to the season. And he's going to be better for it. Um, And I think that he's going to play a good role this season. And, you know, Montrezl Harrell obviously changes the role that he might play but I think that his role is still going to be important in what he does and the versatility and the unique ability that he has. I think it's still going to be super important. So I'm glad to see he's coming in with a positive attitude.
1: Yeah. And even with Montrez here, there is still absolutely some sort of role for Bball Paul this year. Mm-hmm. Like he has earned that as much and defensively, he's still our best option as a backup big after Joel Embiid. And I, I even would, would not mind him playing around next to Embiid trying that if, if yeah. especially if we're embracing this defensive identity. So uh don't count out B-Ball Paul. Uh still maybe got took a step back into the mud, but uh he'll be out soon for sure. He's gonna be out.
0: He's always gonna get out.
1: Yeah. But uh yeah, overall those were my biggest takeaways from the day. Uh you have
0: any other thoughts on it? No, man, I think that this like just in general has been like was the most soothing like media day that they've had in a while and fewest amount of question marks. So I think just going into the season, I think they're in a really good spot. And I personally haven't felt like just as at ease with this team and as confident what they are going to be going into the season as I am right now, so like I'm feeling great, and you know they'll kill my high at some point, but for now I'll choose to just stay there. I'm going to choose yeah. to stay up high and enjoy this while it lasts.
1: Yeah, it's been the the most normal off season that we've had in like a decade, so that yeah. was that was a nice change. Now, granted, like
0: they are going to get hit with like a
1: fat tampering punishment at the Something end of it, and whatever, you know, we'll, we'll have, we have that to wait on at least, I guess, but uh, yeah. But yeah. Who cares? For the, birth of the time being like happy to happy to hear it. glad to have everyone back in the building looks like everybody's minds are in the same place doing well so uh Sixers are returning the court soon they start training soon, camp baby. down in uh the citadel this week so a uh, nice little team trip uh we'll have more on the training camp and everything else going on next week so appreciate you guys for tuning in uh make sure to check out some pick swap merch that we got our link in our description here and uh give us a follow on all the socials and we will talk with you next time